Be Wealthy and Smart, episode 119. into a world of wealth and financial freedom without budgets, boredom, or bosses on Be Wealthy and Smart. And now, here's your host, Linda P. Jones. Welcome to Be Wealthy and Smart. I'm Linda P. Jones, America's Wealth Mentor, empowering women and men worldwide to financial freedom. On today's show, you're going to learn my favorite economic indicators. While this may sound incredibly boring, it actually can be kind of fun. And what it does is gives you a guide for what's going on in the economy and finding out what direction the markets might be likely to move. So I'm going to share with you some of my favorite economic indicators. The best thing to do is usually to Google them, although some of these do have websites that you can go to, government websites and such. I just recommend that you Google the term, and that way you get current articles that have been written about them, you get other websites, you get kind of the latest news all about that economic indicator rather than just one from the government. So here we go. The first one I'm going to recommend is GDP. That's gross domestic product. That's estimates of the market value of all goods and services provided in the country. It shows how the country's growing, kind of like what is the compound growth rate of the country. And although it gives estimates, they are subject to revision. So we find that the government will come out, this is usually the U.S. Department of Commerce, will come out and do their economic analysis, but then they will go back and revise those numbers upward or downward, depending on what the true numbers come in at. But GDP is a good indicator of the growth of a country. We, of course, are watching the U.S. growth being one of the engines of growth in the world and also China. The problem with China's GDP is we don't always get accurate numbers out of China. So sometimes the numbers that we hear are hard to know whether these are exactly accurate, whether that's what's really happening. There's been a trending uh, slowdown in China. So... We don't know exactly if it's slowing more than what we're being told or not, and that has been an issue. The second indicator I like to look at is called consumer confidence, and that's a random sampling of about 5,000 individuals regarding business conditions. So it tells you if consumers intend to continue spending, and do they feel confident about their job and their ability to spend money in the future. So consumer confidence can wax and wane, but it can tell us if people are not spending money and not feeling confident about their spending, then it might indicate a recession could be coming. And it's definitely not good if we see a downward trend in consumer confidence. Number three is consumer price index. So that's a sampling of prices of goods and services across 200 categories. And it's usually the best indicator we have about inflation. It measures the cost of living changes. And that's something that is sort of controversial because 
the way that we calculate the consumer price index is not the same as we used to calculate it, say, back in the 70s. So people like John Williams of a website called shadowstats.com has made a whole living out of looking at apples to apples comparisons of how we used to look at the consumer price index and the items that used to be a part of it and measuring them on an apples to apples basis. Because if you take out some things, obviously it's difficult to compare that to past indexes and see what's really going on. So some of the more volatile things have been taken out of that index. And so John Williams, for one, doesn't feel that it's really a good indicator of what's really happening, the real picture with the consumer price index and with inflation. So something to be aware of. And if you really want to get all the details on that, I highly recommend his website, shadowstats.com. Number four would be housing starts. These are new and residential construction, and it covers single family and multiple unit buildings. So it's very sensitive to market rates and interest rates. And housing starts are really important because it's about 4% of our gross domestic product, GDP. So it can indicate changes of direction in the economy. If you have a lot of housing starts, that can be a positive sign that people, again, feel confident, want to build. If you're not having a lot of housing starts, that can maybe indicate, again, a slowing of the economy or maybe even a tending toward a recession. Number five is employment situation summary. And this is from the Bureau of Labor Statistics. It's the employment and non-employment rate. And they include sectors that... Uh, employment it has increased in, whether that's retail trade, construction, healthcare, things like that. But they look at what is employment doing, how many people are unemployed. This is another controversial topic because the government has recategorized who's employed, who's not employed, who's looking for a job, who's not looking for a job. It's a little tricky, but just know that it's not always going to be exactly right on as an indicator of employment. You have to sort of, uh, you know, take it with a broad brush there. Number six is producer price index. So this again comes from the Bureau of Labor Statistics. It measures the average change over time in the selling prices received by domestic producers for their output. So what are people actually getting for prices? Do they have pricing power? Are prices going up? Are prices staying the same? Are prices being reduced? These are trends that you want to look at that, again, show the strength of the economy and whether we may be having a strong economy or headed more toward recession. Number seven would be the Institute for Supply Management, or ISM, index. This is an index that uh, the baseline is at 50, and below 50, it indicates economic contraction. Above 50, it, it indicates economic expansion. So currently on the ISM index, it's at about 49.5, which is a slightly contracting indicator, and that's for the fifth month in a row. It's been slightly contracting. So certainly it gives us an indication that the economy isn't booming by any means. It's not growing in a huge way. In fact, it's been slightly contracting. So that's another important one to take a look at.
Number eight is the Baltic Dry Index. So this is an economic indicator that's issued daily by the London-based Baltic Exchange. And it looks at cargo shipping like uh, coal, grains, iron ore, things like that. The Baltic Dry Index is one of my very favorite indicators because it shows how much is being shipped around the world. And this actually reached a peak in 2008. At that time, the indicator was at 11,793. But when you compare that to where we are today, the lowest level ever, ever, which is scary, occurred on February 10th of 2016, when the index dropped from 11,793 in 2008 to only 290. Not dropped by 290, dropped to 290 points. So like basically shipping came to a standstill on February 16th of 2016, or February 10th of 2016, rather. So this, I just simply Google Baltic Dry Index, and I get, you know, up-to-date information. I look at different websites that are talking about it. They're indicating what's going on. This is a very worrisome trend, and it's something that I keep my eye on very closely and report into my VIP experience members because it really shows us that something is afoot that is not good. Number nine would be the S&P 500. Of course, this index is of the largest 500 companies in the U.S. and shows us what's happening. If the market's going up, of course, an indication of health. If the market's going down, it can be short-term, or an extended contraction could also cause some problems, could show that there are longer-term problems with the economy and what's going on. So we do keep an eye on the S&P as a nice index. Number 10, the MACD. This is one that I report into my VIP experience members all the time. It stands for, and this is a terrible phrase, the Moving Average Convergence Divergence Indicator. Isn't that horrific? <laughs> what does that say? Well, it's actually a simple momentum indicator, and it can indicate the direction of the market in the short term. So it takes two moving averages and subtracts the longer from the shorter. And what I use it for is to indicate signals to buy and sell, or I use it to show me which direction the market's going to move. I can see where the MACD is topping out and where it's about to roll over. And I can also see where the MACD is bottoming out and it's ready to turn up again. So I look at this in terms of individual stocks, I look at it in terms of sectors, and I look at it in terms of broad markets to give me an indication of direction of which where we are in the markets. Are we overvalued? Are we undervalued? Are we ready to take a leg up or are we ready to take a leg down? So the MACD I find on stock charts charts.com. That's S-T-O-C-K-C-H-A-R-T-S.com. And I'll link to that in the show notes. But stockcharts.com just gives you a free analysis. You use a ticker symbol of any investment, ETF, stock, index that you want to look at. And it'll pull up the MACD below the chart. So you can see again, are we topping out? Are we bottoming? Where are we in this trend? Is it rolling over? 
what's happening. So it just gives you a short-term indication of what markets are doing and keeps you hopefully from buying at a top or selling at a low and shows you a directional change that might be being made. So that's at stockcharts.com. So those are my 10 indicators. That was a response to a question that Bob had that he wanted to know what indicators to look at and where to find them. So again, while some of these do have their own websites, I'm going to recommend that you Google the term. And for example, Baltic Dry Index, just Google that rather than going to the website. And that way you'll get lots of current information. You'll see if it's been in the news lately. Maybe some websites have been writing about it and you can get a little bit more in-depth analysis than just the statistic from the government. So that's what I have for you in regard to my exciting economic indicators. Hope you're still awake on that one. If you are looking to get more information about what's going on in the markets, look into coming in as a member of the VIP experience. We give topics and information. I look at all of these indicators. I give other information about what's going on in the markets, what's happening with cycles, what experts are saying, the big picture of what's really going on that you're not hearing in the media. You can go to lindapjones.com forward slash VIP and learn more about that. And if you're just starting out with boosting your wealth or getting your net worth growing and want to get some positive tips, I've got 11 quick financial tips to boost your wealth on my website as well. That's all for this week. Until next time, live the good life and be wealthy and smart. Thank you for listening to Be Wealthy and Smart with Linda P. Jones. Share the wealth and tell your family and friends about the show. Check out our website, blog, and social media for more riches at www.bewealthyandsmart.com.